Welcome to the More Than Hearers podcast, episode 37. I am Orion, and I am here with Peter, the captain of this ship. No. I saw you in a captain's hat. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. Allegedly. You were wearing a captain's hat on some mystical cruise you went on. And I was at a hat store. Is that, was that what it was? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I was, still, okay. I, I, I purposed that at that time I would call you the captain of, of this podcast. Peter Willis. Aye, aye. Uh, thank you for agreeing to your Ahoy. position. I don't know. I'm running Try out of... Try to fill this... Yeah, save some for later. Can I get a parrot? Of course. All right. <laughs> Who would object to that? What? On a 14. recording show. Uh, production. Uh, I said that we're on episode 37, and I'm going to tell you where we're going to be studying in the Bible later after I tell you that we talk Bible on this show, and we're going to be digging in to a special... It's just the next thing in line from whatever we did last episode. Following along, then it's just the next book. But I wonder, do we have listeners who listen out of order? Uh, maybe. And so this is like a burn to them. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know why you would listen out of order, though. You know. I don't. I don't either. Okay. <laughs> Are you Listeners. Go, feel free. Go ahead. If you'd like to contact us and tell us why you listen out of order, you can do so at our uh, email address podcast at morethanhearers.com or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash morethanhearers. You could even tweet us and you could do uh, that at mth underscore Peter for Peter. Uh, surprise. And I'm at Orion Plays Music. Uh, we have an Instagram page on Instagram. Man, I'm good at this. And uh, we'd like, if you are a fan of the show, if you have enjoyed any part of what we do, please leave us a positive review in your podcasting app of choice. And then if you'd like to make a small donation to what we do here to help us uh, advertise and reach a larger audience and keep this discussion going, we think we bring some kind of new angles to uh, Bible talks and stuff. Uh, I don't know what you would call it that we're bringing, but I think think we're doing something good here i really want to do this and uh help um i want to bring people into the discussion and so we're doing what we can and if you want to help us to do that more uh you can donate uh, on our paypal it's the same email address as our contact podcast at more than com. and we are in the book of luke and plugging right along chapter 14 peter i know you had a great cruise because I saw you in the hat um, among, among, among a bunch of other fun pictures and stuff. but And I know you're doing well. So how do you feel about... How are you, Orion? I'm, oh, thank you for yeah, asking. No, I think it's listeners want to know. I'm, uh, I'm feeling good. I uh, recovered from a bout of allergy uh, attack today, cleaning the garage uh, here at the More Than Hearers recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> So well done. <laughs> I'm sorry I laughed and ruined the the flow of that. It's a thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I am well blessed. Uh, I just it's everything in me not to say what Dave Ramsey says when he's asked how he's doing. Every single time uh, uh, people call in, you know, hey Dave, how's, how's it going? Uh, better than I deserve. You know, how you doing? Better than I deserve. I, I it's like yeah, I I get that, but I'm just I'm trying not to say that 
I get it. Even though I am doing better than I deserve. And so I just say I am well blessed. All right. That works. Yeah. Ah, okay. Fine. A uh, couple of things. One, uh, beautiful intro, by the way. Every time I'm over here, just trying not to laugh into the microphone because you say something that cracks me up. I don't even know what happened. This I don't time. even know. I what black happened. out. You did mention that we do now have an Instagram. Yes. Uh, but not what it was. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's at uh, More Than Hearers, all one word, no capitalizations, no funny underscores, no nothing, just at More Than Hearers. Uh, follow us wherever you want to follow us. Don't follow us at all. Go away. No, don't go away. Wow. The Come invitation. No, yeah. Would you just buzz off? Yeah. I, bring <laughs> other people back when you come back. Would you? Um, These guys really don't care about listenership. I love them. <laughs> They're just here talking to each other. You should come listen sometime, but don't tell them. They don't want to know. Uh, we'd like to know. The truth is, Orion and I, I, I can't speak for Orion. I can speak for me. I love doing this. It, I look forward to it. Uh, every time we do it, I'm like, oh, what are we going to do it again? And then allergies happen and life happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trying to get together to record over the last several days has been, um, I had a horrible allergy day a few days ago. I'm allergic to everything. everything. Except the ocean. Except, so yeah, right alluded to, I was just on a cruise. It was phenomenal because there are no allergens at sea unless maybe you're allergic to seawater I don't or think that's gorgeous a views. If that's if you if you're allergic to seawater, you made that up. I'm pretty sure. Probably. I mean, yeah. People I make can. up stuff. You know this. They do. Yeah. You know, some people claim to have a salt allergy. Wait, what? Salt. No, that's a. It's impossible. Yeah, but you, some people claim you'd be allergic to yourself. Some people claim. Wow. Wow. Some people. Yeah. Get right. And some of the things I'm allergic to, I don't tell people because I'm like they're not going to believe me. Care to share? I'm allergic to coffee. Of all dumb things on the planet to be allergic to, I am allergic to coffee. Coffee in ice cream? Coffee. Co- can't do coffee at all? or Allergic to coffee. Even if it's in... Had an allergy <laughs> test done and the doctor went, huh, <laughs> what's that, doc? My career, you're the second person ever who's been allergic to coffee. Yeah. yeah, no coffee. Good for you. Yeah, no. Okay. No, it's miserable. I, I once managed a Starbucks store. I'm allergic to coffee. It's okay, man. You're a tea guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is there coffee in the room? <laughs> See, I know. I, I feel like I've got one coming too. Oh, man. It's awful. Anyway, I, that's the weird thing I'm allergic to. I'm allergic to a bunch of pollens and grasses and weeds and such. That's irrelevant. One thing I want to address at the start of the episode is if you listened to the last episode. Oh, he's going to call me out. Not exactly. <laughs> this is episode 37. Uh, yeah. So episode 36. If you listen to episode 36, raise your hand. Oh, okay. Uh, Orion and I will raise our hands. <laughs> In real time. <laughs> we had a discussion at the beginning of, of Luke chapter 13 about um, two places where Jesus addresses the word repentance. Uh, one was in verse 5, and then another was... I can't find it at the moment. I'm trying to scan. Oh, it's in verse 3. And I had mentioned how they were different words. And then Orion did a quick glance on the Googles and found out, no, they're the same word. But then after we were done recording, we pulled out a Greek to English New Testament. Is that right? Correct, yes. And they're different words. They were, they were different words. So you say, now i got to go back and listen to 36. 
Uh, what does it mean, Peter and Orion? I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember I was right. Plus, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I already credited you. It's fine. On the site. Yeah. It's fine. I, you it, won this round. <laughs> I'll get you next time, gadget. Right. Oh wait, I don't have a cat. <laughs> uh, at least not with me. I have one at home. Um, that being said, I just I, it's not about being right. It's about making sure we cover all our bases. We kind of left it open ended in the last episode, and so I wanted to round that out. But, but we're we're still going to leave it somewhat open because we still don't know what to do with that information that the words look a little different in Greek, but yeah. we don't have yeah. any actual... And I addressed, I think, in the episode the difference in the tense between the two and what one meant versus the other, but Which I don't know that we true. addressed the overall, what does that mean in the greater context mm. of the scripture? No. I don't think it changes what was being said there anyway. No. That being said, we're going to move on to Luke chapter 14. And if you've been listening in order and you're, because you're not a sociopath, I'm just kidding. If you listen out of order, you're not a sociopath. Probably <laughs> just totally kidding. But if you've been listening in order, the last several chapters, we've come across this concept that I, I don't know about you, Orion, but I'm in love with sarcastic Jesus. Yes. He's, he's been mouthy is the word I keep. I have oh, teenagers. Man. So mouthy is the word that comes to mind. Actually fair word to use. Surprisingly, it's going to keep going. It's chapter 14 in the book of Luke. We're in the NIV as always follow along in your version of choice. Hopefully your version of choice captures the sarcasm of Jesus here. So one Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Verse 3, Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts of the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Now, Hmm. refreshing your mind in case you've been listening out of order. Jesus just healed on the Sabbath and they got the synagogue leader stood up and like was like, there's six days for healing. This isn't one of them. And like called Jesus out. And Jesus got smart alecky with him. End scene. We pick it up here. He's at the house of a prominent Pharisee. They're hanging out, having dinner. And there's a guy there suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. By the way, Orion, I think that's my problem now. Uh, uh, what's that? I, I, it's not my eating habits. Uh, <laughs> you're going to go there. I'm suffering from abnormal swelling of my body. Of, of the midriff. I need a touch from Jesus. <laughs> On the Sabbath. Uh, Lord, please call down your special healing to (laughs) Peter's belly. (laughs) So Jesus, verse 3, Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. And then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. I don't know about you, Orion. Have you ever interacted with someone on this level where you know you've got them? You know you've got them. And so, boom, you hit them with the question that's going to prove how wrong they are. And they say nothing. I've never had them say nothing. It, I've had it happen. It's I, like the, I feel like the nothing is the smartest response, right? Because it's like, you know, you're not going to get oh. me on it. Because if I answer out loud... You know, of course, you're right, but but people, I don't know, we still answer. It is the smartest response, but having been on the receiving end of dead silence, it is, by as the person asking the, the ultimate, like, aha question, when the person responds with nothing, it is the most infuriating thing in the world. No. Oh, man. 
I won't tell stories, but because they're not nice. Okay. But yeah, if you go, ah, 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 what about this? And they're like, <laughs> for the record, Peter made a small gesture, but actually said nothing. <laughs> but see, come on. The classic Western response then would be go, uh huh. Ah. Yeah, I said for Jesus to say that, like, uh-huh. Like, that's what I'm... Exactly. That's probably not... Uh, I don't know how it translates to... First century Hebrew. Israel. Yeah. I don't either. Okay, here we go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I don't no. know if you're going to go forward here, but... <sighs> go ahead. I love the comparison here, the little... Uh, the uh, Compare and contrast that's subtly part of this sentence here, where Jesus, he's like, okay, you know, is it okay to to heal? But he's he's really talking about is it okay to perform a work right because they equated healing to with work. work right so he's like well okay practical matters if one of you has a child and if he just went okay if that was the whole point of the sentence oh, of course one a of child, you has I, a child nobody's gonna let a child stay in a well right but it's like and he he's like too generous in here how he moves on I think but I think his tone in order because the words here are clear. If one of you has a child, sensitive Jesus, or an ox, a beast of the field, he's really talking about, either one, would you not pull them out? There's a footnote in the NIV. Uh, if one of you has a child, footnote, or a donkey. Okay. Okay. So the word may have been donkey. <laughs> but this idea of... Can I, I don't even know if I can say this. We can edit it out later if I can't. But if one of you has some jackass that falls in a well, oh yeah, wouldn't you just wouldn't you get him out? Right. Isn't that the right thing to do? Right. Yes. Like. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Aren't we gonna do a little bit of work if it really comes down to being the right thing to do at the time? It's like. What's that, Lassie? Timmy fell down a well? Well, it's the Sabbath. It'll have to wait till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Hope he had a big breakfast. <laughs> I love this sarcastic Jesus. Like, I want this is the Jesus I want to follow. Like, I realize it's just a greater part of the character of God in Christ, but I love it. Uh, one, of, one of God's attributes sarcasm. Sarcasm? <laughs> uh, it's, I'm all good, man. Let's do it. Uh, verse 7. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come to you and say, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, if we back away and we look at this parable, we go, Oh, this is prudent advice. Like, this is it's just good practical advice. But when you stop and think about the context of he noticed how the Pharisees in the room were taking up the prominent seats at the table, he then calls them out. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it. Is he saying that he's more important than them in this? Who is the more important person that might be coming along that you don't know was invited? I don't know, because I think if if he's able to address all of them in their hearing, he's probably in the prominent place. Maybe? I don't know. 
It's the guy sp- down at the foot of the table wants to say something, guys. Shh. <laughs> no, probably not. I, I don't know. But I love this, how they're all like jockeying for position, you know. And he goes, you know, if somebody invites you over, you probably shouldn't plop down in the best seat as a guy's like half sitting. Yeah. Like he's pulled the chair out. He's got <laughs> that awkward like, am I not supposed <laughs> to sit here? Okay. He goes, because you never know. There might be somebody more important. This is why name tag place cards were. Sit at the foot of the table. It's always better if somebody goes, oh, you shouldn't be sitting there. Come sit. You should be at the head of the table. You look great. But if you sit at the head and he's like, "Eh, no, the president's coming. You'll have to move. Or the somebody more important. The president was the only prominent position I could think of. You went all in. Yeah, I guess. I mean, He's our pope. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Can we edit that out? That's not. No. Uh, I'm not even going there. Okay, I'm here sorry, we go. That was too meta of a joke. Meta of a joke. <laughs> Verse 12. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they, might inv- they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So he's called out everybody else who's sitting down around the table, and Jesus isn't done. Hey, uh, guy whose house this is, next time we do this, don't invite these people. Mm. It's great because they'll probably invite you over for a nice dinner, and then you get to look prominent. But really what you should have done was invited anybody but these people because the blessing is beyond now. Jesus has called out pretty much everybody in the room. I love it. Do you think he stayed? I don't know because it shifts gears. <laughs> it's getting awkward. Um, I, you know, actually, make it awkward, Jesus. somebody who's not named is about to say something really stupid. Should we keep going? Yes. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat in the feast at the kingdom of God. Like Jesus is calling out, don't take a good seat. Don't invite these people. And this guy goes, I have the right answer. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who'd been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. And another one said, I just got married. I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Now, pause because I'm going to keep going. But notice back in verse 13, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. It's the same people Jesus just said you should invite in the first place. Sir, the servant said, what you order has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This parable is um, uh, 
it has many branches of, I think, of interpretation. The, the easy one for me to pull is Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, or sometimes referred to uh, in Luke's second book, Acts, as just the Jews. Anytime in Acts where Luke goes, the Jews, he's not talking about everybody's ethnically Jewish. He's talking about the leaders and teachers of the law. And so um, it, it's really easy to see that the people who were invited, that last verse I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. It's really easy to go, okay, well, Jesus is talking about the Jews who've had the law and the prophets and God. They've been God's chosen people for already thousands of years by the time Jesus came along. And they've rejected him. He goes, well, none of them are going to get to be part of this banquet. Because uh, the guy who spoke up says, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus goes, nobody who got invited to that thing is going to get any of it. Mm. You need to go out. He talks about the servants of his house, right? We're called to be... Uh, servants? Ah, there you go. Yeah. In his... Uh, service? House. Okay. I was going for house. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, Jesus! Where do you want me to go? Scripture! Sorry, I should have had like flashcards. Like, say house. I might have got it right. Yeah. <laughs> 50-50. Hose. <laughs> so so it's, it's almost speaking to us, right? Those of us who are servants or followers of Jesus, of us going, hey, man, Jesus, I've, I've given the word out to people, and they're just not responding. Have you tried the poor, the lame, the crippled, the blind? Uh, go get some of them. Well, I did, but there's room for more. Well, go out to the roads and the streets and the alleys of the town Get everybody you can go to the country lanes, and I love this, and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Yeah, that's beyond an invitation. That's that's an urging. Right. We don't usually do that. We send out an invitation. Sometimes it's half-heartedly uh, hoping that they won't come so that we can have more of the catered food left. No, just me? Maybe. Okay. I, I don't think there's <laughs> a selfish. limit to the food at Jesus' house. Right. But the, the compelling. Like yeah. This, it's like, uh, here's an invitation, but please, please come. It's going to be a great feast. Uh, I really want you there. How does this... I, can I poke a bear for a minute? Okay. I, I know we sit on the same page with this, but I love how you, you can uh, receive this and, and run no with it. no idea where you're going. I'm excited. Do you know where I'm going? No, I'm nervous. Oh, verse 23. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Oh. It, it doesn't say, go out to the roads and the country lanes and find the people I've already predestined to come in. Of course, yes. No, and, and, and I read that too when we first went through it, that there's this desire to fill the house and but from the earlier statement, the house has already been full. It's it's picked. It's no, no, for the foundation. No, no, I love the statement earlier. The, the statement that we've invited all the people that you said, and there's still room. And that uh, there's a song that is not from a Christian band, but the the, the phrase came to mind: uh, corrosion of conformity. Uh, heaven heaven is not overflowing. Is this yeah? This line heaven is not overflowing, and I think they mean it in a way that's like there's not that many good people uh, <laughs> to fill it or something like that. <laughs> that's but that's not the direction we were trying to go. <laughs> no, but but the the fact that you that there's plenty of room, it's really more the inhabitants that are the scarce the scarcity. And as as servants, are we looking everywhere? 
uh, conviction right there. Huh? Yeah, I, I didn't say it because I was like, I'm going to get you, suckers. I'm like, oh, I don't know that I'm looking everywhere. Why did I say that? I'm not looking all that hard, if I'm honest. Um, that's hard stuff. I, sorry. Not really. I keep saying things like this. <laughs> These hard things. And they're hard things for me. Can we find an easier book next time? Uh, besides Luke or the Bible? <laughs> I meant besides Luke, but then I realized... We talked Oprah's book club list on this show. <laughs> we talked Judy Bloom books. <laughs> I don't... Anybody remember Judy Bloom besides me? Yeah, I think... I think I think my daughter gets read those sometimes. Or They're older than she is. I'm sure. Uh, similar realization... Uh, some of the authors that <laughs> that she gets read, my wife reads her these stories and the books, and uh, you know it's like, oh, we should get another one from this author. That author has passed away in 1987. Oh, I like this Michael Jackson cat. We should get some more of his music. Uh, he's no longer with us. <laughs> I oh man, we're digressing a little. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine about uh, new music, discovering new music. Um, I went on this run of new music six, eight months ago, and I found this one song by this one artist. I don't remember who it was now, so don't ask. But I'm like, oh, I love this. I wonder if this guy ever comes anywhere near here. <laughs> oh, the band broke up three years ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm discovering new-to-me music. Yes, new-to-me music. Read the Bible. It's kind of like that sometimes. New-to-me. Wait, it's been there that whole time. Yeah, yeah, we've on this show. I think, or yeah, yeah. We've, we've actually. Wait, that's in there. That's has that always been in my Bible? Did you did add that add? while I while <laughs> I was in the kitchen? Exactly. <laughs> that's the fun of digging in like this, and and I'm not like uh, I'm not walking around like banging the drum of verse by verse. I know there are denominations out there and people out there that are like verse by verse is the only way to study. We happen to be studying that way. I understand. Okay. But I actually had somebody face-to-face face with me once go, topical Bible studies are dangerous. Oh, I don't. I don't. I, I can't. That's. I don't, I don't know that I agree. I like a verse-by-verse. Verse. But this is the fun of it is I bump into stuff that, like, normally maybe we'd have just pulled this parable out. Right. A topical can avoid easy to, I mean, difficult to rationalize or difficult to understand passages. Because and it, it can also miss context, inadvertently, yeah. not on purpose. A topical Bible study can, doesn't necessarily, steer the theology in, in ways that it is not supposed to go. Because for me, this, this parable on top of the previous one, on top of the last two chapters of discussion, and this whole concept of sarcastic Jesus, this has different light mm -hmm. for me. It has different life. Hopefully it does for you listeners too, and I haven't just lost you, but here we go. Verse 30, nope, 25, just kidding. <laughs> Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. You ever read something and go, ah, that can't mean what I think it means. Uh, yes. And I've heard great explanations of this. I just wanted to share, I don't know if anybody else listening is a visual thinker. I tend to think uh, of things like, how did, what did it look like? How did it happen? And I almost have this vision of, you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? 
Yes. Forrest decides to run cross country several times. Oh, the the huge crowd following and him. Following him, and he just stops. And he turns around and he goes, I "Think I'm going to go home now? I'm kind of tired." Yeah. Almost this, right? Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, <laughs> "If anyone comes to me and doesn't hate, hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person." cannot be my disciple. Hmm. On the face of that, how do you reconcile that at face value? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Right, how? Here's the best explanation I've been given, and you're welcome to email, text, direct message, tweet, whatever you need to do. Uh, If you disagree or if you think it's a cop-out, fine. But the, ex- the explanation I've been given is we're called to surrender our lives to Jesus as Lord. Submit to Him and to Him alone and to follow Him wholeheartedly with everything in us. And the explanation I've been given is that by comparison, our dedication to Jesus, all other relationships should pale in comparison, almost even to the point of hatred by comparison. Because the truth is, is we know that the Bible says we don't get to hate anybody. Uh, no. Where's that? Uh, well, okay, not those yeah, words. I, I think, and I'm picking the words here, but uh, but the word hate, my understanding, is totally in line with what you just everything you just said about comparison. That it's a comparative thing. We saw it earlier in this verse about uh, not taking the most important seat because they're going to pluck you from that seat and then give you the least important one. I don't think that that literally means, all right, now you got to go sit by the dumpster. Right. Uh, I hate you. Get out. Right. Yeah. It's just a least uh, in the—it may mean in the, in the extreme example, the worst position, but by comparison, a lesser position. That would be—that's insult enough. You know, it doesn't need to be— uh, you go sit by the bathroom now, it, just to, be, to yeah. be humiliating, just to be removed from one seat that was in a good position and then uh, to a, one of lesser. And it's similarly here, we don't need to go, okay, that's it. I am not going to associate with father or mother or my kids or what? what? No, that, that, can't, that can't be what this is about. But by comparison, if they are not just, you know, we, we as a kid, we think of things like... Uh, you know, okay, now I, I know Jesus. I got this Jesus in my life. Okay, so my favorite people are Jesus, and then just right under him is mom and dad. And it's Usually like, mom, then dad, but And whatever. it always is that way, huh? Yeah. But, but there needs to be almost really a gulf between. It can't be Jesus' uh, winner by a nose. He needs to be head and shoulders above everything else in your life, including especially the people. Uh, if... If we videoed these uh, podcasts, you would have seen that somewhere in Orion's uh, statement there, I had a one of those aha faces. Yes. Of, oh, I, <coughs> oh my, sorry. I I think I get this uh, differently than I did before. Just as you were talking, there's a passage, a comparative passage that comes to mind in the Old Testament. There was this dude Abraham. Remember him? He was Abram, and then he was Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. Uh, Father Abraham had many sons, but really only two. Oh, sure. Yeah, he had... Oh, that's awful. You're doing math. I Usually, that's terrible. So, yeah. So, what's the rule? Sorry. You're buying pizza. I guess so. I apologize for the noise my phone Well, I'm made. happy. It's I usually like not silent. Anyway. Um, Abraham had this son, Isaac. 
was like 160 million years old when he had Isaac. Mm, math. No, he's like 102, I think, or something. And Isaac was everything. It was what God had promised him. He got this son, and God goes, cool, kill him. Mm, no. 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 Sacrifice. I'm picking the words again. I know, but still. <laughs> but still. But am I wrong? But yes, but no. Okay. Or no, but, so, no, but yes. So um, in the law, which hadn't been given yet, but in, in, in what we understand of God's character, is human sacrifice cool? No. That's no. why he couldn't have asked that. He told him to do that, but he there was no sacrifice. way he was going to let him follow through. Right. He said sacrifice. But still. The, the, I have, this is one of my bones to pick, but go ahead. I think it's kind of the same context of maybe it is. Maybe it's just for me. Here's how I'll swallow this. Uh, if anyone comes to me and doesn't hate father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Are you committed to Jesus enough where if he went, hate your mother? Are you all in? He's not gonna. Right. But if he did. If he asked that. Are you all in? I don't know. Yeah. If he says, take your son up on a mountain and sacrifice him. Are right. you all in? Right. I don't know if I'm all in. Yeah. It's scary stuff. Uh, have we talked about the Abraham? This is definitely not in line with all this, but it's... It is. It's okay. It's talking Bible. I think yeah. it counts. We talk Bible on this show. Did we talk about the Abraham and the Isaac thing? Never. Because there's people... We haven't gone through Genesis. No? No. I would have remembered, I think. Uh, probably. It's a long book. The There's there's people that... Uh, they get really stuck on this whole thing that, oh, a loving, benevolent God that literally commanded uh, you know, Abraham to go kill his son. Like, oh, he's, he's actually asking a human sacrifice. And I don't think that that was ever the case, in, including, I mean, and, but... Yeah. Are you thinking it's more of a metaphorical sacrifice? Yes. Well, it, it's a spiritual sacrifice. He had to, he had to, he did sacrifice him. See, that's the thing is he did, Abraham actually did sacrifice Isaac on that mountain. He didn't kill him though, but he showed that he is willing to give up and he gave up he dedicated him to the Lord. He said, I, uh, in going through the motions he did and with the blade and all that stuff, he and Isaac somehow cooled it, I guess. I, I had right? to think it caused a bit of a rift. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, but literally all that, uh, and then you know, the whole point that the, the boy had to have been hefty enough to be able to carry the wood up the mountain— he carried his own wood for the whatever you know the, for the burnt offering that was going to come. So messed up. But man. hey, hey, where's the uh, where's the sacrifice? sacrifice? The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide, right? Like there's an expectancy. Like not uh, don't worry about it. But this answer, the Lord will provide, and the Lord did provide. With I believe it was a goat. In, ram. It was a ram. Okay. Do I Is that a goat? I didn't, a ram is a sheep. It's a man okay. sheep. So, not uh, not a, that no not a satyr or a male sheep <laughs> yeah okay not sorry. some weird centaur type not thing. some mythological beast yeah. okay. that would be weird <laughs> sacrificed a, a satyr in the thicket or, a yeah. dude with a sheep's body going how about, how about me guys hey get me out of here yeah wow that must be in the message get in the fire <laughs> sorry yeah that was a little bit but i wanted to <clears throat> i wanted to address 26 separate from 27 because verse 27 is one of those verses in the whole Bible that makes my head want to explode. Verse 27 says, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me 
cannot be my disciple. Why do you think that verse might trip me out, Orion? Uh, I, I don't know. The cross had no relevant, rel, relevance. Relevance? You'll get it. Relevant. Relevance. Four yeah. times a charm. Yeah. When Jesus goes, whoever does not carry their cross, what did the people standing there think he was talking about? Because there had been no crucifixion yeah. of him yet. There was no association with Jesus and a cross. Did there need to be? I don't know, but that's what I, I wonder where people were like. Was everyone at the time who was crucified required to carry their own cross? Probably. Probably. Yeah. So probably. if carrying a cross meant you were going on a hill to die, it's still. Whoever it's isn't still willing to carry with them the means of their own destruction. Right. Man. That's that Isaac carrying the wood for the. Oh. Man. Oh. oh. We're getting a little chills. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> Uh, ooh, okay, sorry, that was better than I thought it was. Woo. Whoever does not carry their cross, whoever isn't willing to bear their own destruction and follow me cannot be my disciple. This comes full circle to some of the stuff we talked about in Romans and in other places of we are dead to self. We are crucified with Christ. Therefore, we no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in us. It's a sacrificing of self, of being willing to lay down everything for the sake of Jesus. This is a huge calling, and we read these verses, and we even print them on church bulletins and that sort of thing because they're neat and they're empowering, but these are hard things. He goes, verse 28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and aren't able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish it. Or, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able, with 10,000 men, to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he'll send a delegation, while the other is still a long way off, and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything... Oh, sorry, that didn't read well. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? We add salt to it, I guess. More Boy, salt, please. The salt's it, not salty. It is neither fit for the soil nor for the manure pile. It's thrown out. Thank you. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Hate unsalty salt. <laughs> I've never encountered... <laughs> I don't, uh, isn't that sand? I don't know... I don't know that what he's saying with salt, at least, can happen. I don't know what that means. I don't. I, I can't. Like, fathom. who licked all the salt out of this salt? <laughs> <laughs> What's left? <laughs> I don't even know what to do with it. I'm trying to find a way to, like, maybe if you took this out, well, then it wouldn't be salted. If you took sodium or chloride out of salt, it no longer is salt, it is right. sodium or chloride. So if salt were no longer salt, I don't know. It's, yeah. We're going to get stuck there and we don't need to. Sure. The whole purpose of this whole, uh, this whole piece is counting the cost. Consider what it is that Jesus is asking of us in order to surrender to him as Lord. Consider it because suppose you want to build a tower. Verse 28. Which is a lofty goal, right? I mean, like it's not like uh, not a lower room. lofty. Ah, of Sorry. course. Uh, Sorry. Accidental pun. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but it's more than just like a ground floor dwelling. You're not building a, a hole in the castle. ground. <laughs> Your a tower takes some time yeah. and money. Suppose you want to build a tower. Wouldn't you sit down first and go, oh, a tower costs this much. I need this much stone and this many workers and this much mortar and time and permits and all of that other stuff. Um, he goes, wouldn't you sit down and figure all that out first? He goes, because otherwise, if you don't think about it, you don't count it all up and everything. And you get going and you get a foundation laid and you go broke. Everybody's going to go, ah, that's where Orion tried to build that tower. Hey, don't he ran out of money. Don't remind me. Uh, it looks like uh, it's <laughs> Orion's pad. <laughs> uh, we call it that because he ran out of money trying to build a tower. <laughs> it's this idea of what a thing it is if we claim to be seeking or following after Christ. We go, that's it. All friends and family, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, wives, children, aunts, uncles, grandparents. I'm done. I have surrendered my entire life to Jesus. And then we get in it and we go, oh no, I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean I was going to sacrifice my life. I didn't, I didn't mean I was going to give up this thing. Oh, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then later, your grandparents are like, I thought you were following Jesus. Yeah, I, I ran out of money. I don't know. I ran out of whatever. They're going to be like, <laughs> said they were going to follow Jesus. Man, count the cost. All Jesus wants from you is everything. Everything.